0: Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for The After Party Season 2. Till death do us part. Hey, it's Nate, and if you're joining us for the first time, we are Geek-Centric, a podcast celebrating the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geek-Centric. Joining me for this spoiler-free review are my fellow after-party goers. He might have killed the subject in the jail room with the jousting stick. He's Justin, the jealous lawyer, Lawrence. Wow, again, (laughs) just switching it up. I you know? Love it. I love always, it. Always Somehow always have to do with law, though, just because of that last name. I gotta exactly. Yeah. Find I don't a call way. me J-Law for no reason. So like, you could, you know. could you be a lawyer? Do you think you could, you'd could you cut it as a lawyer? No, I don't know.
1: I don't know if I'm as argumentative as I'd like to be to be a <laughs> lawyer. Um, but Too easily swayed. <laughs> I could be easily swayed. Mm, I could be mm. a good judge. Let's okay. just say that. <laughs> there we go.
0: Um, and that voice you heard in the darkness, in the distance, he might have killed the subject in the dank den with the dope-ass dagger. He's Darcy, the deadly ex-husband Hudson. (laughs) Ex-husband. Okay, weird.
2: I was going to say, I want to know
0: what clue game you're playing that
2: has a dank den. A dank (laughs)
0: den. It's a modern, a lot of these new, you know, for the TikTokers, they're making these new, you know, age (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Games of Clue, where they've got our, their own uh, weed den. Yeah, it's millennial. Um, it's millennial Clue, right? Millennial Clue. Yeah, I think that works. Um, but guys, I'm so happy this show is back in our lives finally. I think when season one ended, I wasn't sure we'd get a season two, but I'm so glad that we did. Uh, and before we we dive into our thoughts, I wanted to kind of have a little bit of fun here, and I, I wanted to ask you to, as geek centric, if if we we're to host an after party of our own. We just, you know, we just released uh, our our best interview in the whole world. We interviewed Tom Cruise or something. Uh, and we're all having an after party because of it. Who's getting murdered? And what genre w- uh, of film would you retell the story? And Darcy, I want to start with you. I couldn't think of
2: who would be murdered. I, I feel like I don't know, it's just a weird thing to talk about. <laughs> uh, I
1: I'll, right. I'll start then. Nate would yeah, get murdered. Give us a subject. Nate would, I mean, Nate would get would get murdered cuz he's 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 naive. He's <laughs> he's a little uh, uh as you would say easily swayed. I'm trusting. So I feel like yeah. Trusting he's trusting. Okay, there you go. So, yeah. okay. I feel okay, like so... those, those he would definitely die. And I think the ironic thing is that he'd probably die at his own hands. That's what would be really interesting. Everyone would be accused of his murder. But it would actually have been him who had killed himself. But yeah, Darcy, what about what about your your mind yeah. movie? What would me, that be? Mine, I was that one kind of came to me pretty quickly. It'd have to be like a stoner
2: comedy or something like okay. that. Oh, like, love it! Just something stu- super goofy and and fun. And I, I guess my point of view would have a lot of those out outdoor moments as I be frequently stepping out to get high again or something like that.
0: <laughs> right. You'd always, it would always, it would so just then, be okay, you. So my, my next joint, like, I saw yeah, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, dude. You won't even believe Every what happened time. And like, they don't know whether to trust you because you're just so high. I love that. I love that. Um, I think, you know, if I was the one to be murdered, um, I think for me in, in, in my version of this story, I'd be dropping my own suspicions of who was going to murder me through timed released podcast episodes. So like they would post and then as the, as the kind of you'd be trying to solve the mystery, I I would be trying to give hints at who I was suspecting was about to murder me through the podcast, I think would be a really, really fun thing to do. And I think you could even for the writing, you could have a lot of fun by incorporating like ads that contribute to the story. Like, like, um, a purposeful ad for like keeps and maybe like one of the, sus- one of the people that we suspect is going bald or something like that, or like, or one for honey. And like one of the suspects is a beekeeper or something. I don't know. Like all those like ads <laughs> that you hear, like audible, I-, I don't know how you would tie audible into, well, maybe Darcy because he loves books so much, you know, and audiobooks. like that could be, am I trying to tell you something, Justin, are you figuring out the mystery? I don't know. I'm kind of confused by your, your, your genre story. Uh, I feel like I would want it, my, uh,
1: my story to be told probably in a sort of Nolan-style film. Oh, uh, everything's you know, Taking backwards? itself super... Yes, exactly. And everything takes itself super seriously. There's a lot of time displacement uh, and all sorts of stuff. So I feel like that would be the the best representation of my mind movie told through uh, a genre. I'd have to start at the end and go backwards. But while I'm going backwards, you're also seeing the past while seeing the future all at the same time, very (laughs) much like yours, just confusing the hell out of everyone. So I would watch it. I think all three (laughs) of ours
0: are much more confusing. Thankfully, this show uh, is not as confusing, but just as mysterious. Um, So let's let's get into it. Talking about the, the synopsis for this show from Academy Award winners, Chris Miller and Phil Lord. Uh, Fantastic gentlemen, Uh, each episode of the after party explores a different characters account of one fateful evening all told through the lens of popular film genres and unique visuals to match the storytellers perspective in season two, a wedding is ruined when the groom is murdered and every guest is a sub, a suspect a suspect <laughs> a uh, I think I've been hanging around Darcy's character too long uh, <laughs> detective Danner returns to help Anik and Zoe solve a who done it by questioning family members star-crossed lovers and business partner partners and hearing each suspects retelling of the weekend each with their own unique perspective and visual style the series uh, the, the season stars returning characters played by Tiffany Haddish Sam Richardson and and Zoe Chow. And joining the cast this season, we have Elizabeth Perkins, Zach Woods, Paul Walter Hauser, Poppy Liu, Anna Conkle, Jack Whitehall, Vivian Wu, John Cho, and Ken Jeong. The After Party returns to Apple TV Plus July 12th, which is tomorrow, uh, if you're listening to this on the day that we posted it. Special thanks, as always, to our friends at Apple for letting us watch these episodes early for review. Now, um, as I said earlier this is a spoiler free review we are going to be sharing our thoughts on the first nine episodes there are 10 but those uh, those horrible people (laughs) that are letting us watch this stuff early only gave us nine how dare they they're gonna make us wait all the way uh until i guess like september uh to to watch the finale along with all of you, but uh, while we, may, you know, we may be discussing characters, performances, um, you know, our overall thoughts on the show and some of the styles of some of these episodes, we are going to be steering clear of any major story spoilers. So just be aware. You're more than welcome to listen to this just to hear and get hyped for season two. Um, but let's kind of dive into that. Let's start right there with performances. I think. This is such an incredible cast, just like last season. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm so happy that they brought back Sam Richardson, Zoe Chow, and Tif- Tiffany Haddish to kind of have that through point from season one to two. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. I thought only if they were to do a season two, I thought only Tiffany Haddish, uh, her character, would return. But I, I think the cool thing is is that those three characters all share a different dynamic this season, given their history with each other in season one. And I enjoyed their their approaches to, to each of their characters this season. I think they're a bit more confident, and they they there's also sort of this added level of uh, difficulty for Anik because some of the suspects are members of the wedding party on on Zoe's side or on Zoe's sister's side. Uh, so you get this great dynamic between him and Danner, uh, and sort of this this challenge for him to sort of go out of his even further out of his comfort zone uh, than he was in season one.
1: Yeah, I actually think that the returning cast is in this show is a little underwhelming. And as much as they are, you know, the main characters, they kind of feel secondary, even though they are the ones that are leading this investigation. But the, the real standouts are the new cast members mm-hmm. like Paul Walter Hauser, John Cho. I love Zach Woods, uh, as Edgar, he yeah. is fantastic. Oh. Even Elizabeth Perkins, like all of these people that are added to the cast, are re- really like are huge standouts in comparison to the returning cast from season one. And I think it's because, as much as the you know first season slowly fed us into this idea of each character having their own you know story told through a style of genre, a lot of these new characters are already living within a genre. Uh, it's almost mm. as if they they present themselves as a genre before we get into their their story and i think that that's kind of the advantage of, of season two in that way is that there's a lot already built there in regards to understanding the formula of the after party series and now they can have a little fun with feeding in uh, some of these characters that now might wholeheartedly lean into a genre but yeah i think the the this the new cast members the supporting cast members of this new murder mystery they're definitely the standout for the after party season two for sure
2: i mean i do got i, I gotta say i love the returning cast because like nate said they have a different kind of spin on their characters and it kind of feels reminiscent to you know their maybe the other characters past role in the first season so i thought it was really, they had some fun you know bringing those old characters back with a new face on them almost but again the, yeah you said the, the new cast Every episode, I was I was excited to see this new point of view because, like you said, they are such characters and they lean so much into these personas that it, it when you're taken into their mind movie, you're almost you're already there before the movie even starts, <coughs> like you said, because you had a kind of a sneak peek of what they're going to be like in previous episodes exactly. or someone else's movie. So it was, it's really fun how kind of like their personalities are so
1: large, they're bleeding through all these different genres, which is yeah. really fun. As you were mentioning, though, like someone who is kind of a chameleon and it's kind of funny because he kind of walks around with a little gecko or lizard on his Is Zachary Woods, <laughs> as Edgar, because even as he transitions, as we see him throughout all the different genres, he's so adaptive to each genre. I think the biggest switch for me was episode two. Uh, it was very Victorian style. Mm-hmm. And just the way his character wholeheartedly embraces the language the the style, the mannerisms like, I was laughing out loud um, but you know again if you know Zach Woods you know what he's good at and he can play that, that deadpan delivery exactly so he does good. that deadpan delivery but then he can switch it up really quickly and it's it's refreshing and I, I think having that as sort of a continuity through these stories is, is been is, is really great because he kind of morphs himself through the genres
0: well I think mm. I think the funniest thing though about that Victorian era episode in episode two um, is the fact that he kind of talks like that outside of uh, like, just in the normal everyday life, he is very much like that, very proper and, and always has the straightest back you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just this awkward tech mogul who's weird enough to be different from the other super awkward characters that I think Zach has played in the past. Um, but I also just, I want to go back to John Cho because he absolutely nails the fun uncle character of Ulysses. Like, he's so... He's so good in this show. And I think his story is so over dramatic, But at the same time, we get some really, really great dramatic performances from him. Mm-hmm. And it's like he he he's kind of like his episode, right? It's, it it's is, like yeah. the perfect blend of goofy Coffee, and comedy, suave. Yeah, so yeah. But at the same time, like I, I kind of really felt something there. Um, and I think I had a similar moment with Ken Jong, who uh, I've never seen. Emotional range from Ken Jong like this before, and I thought there's there's literally it's a very brief moment, but there's one moment that had me tearing up as we see sort of see his struggle as a small business owner, as a dad, and as a husband, and I just thought they I thought they did a really really great job with with kind of giving all of these characters uh, room to kind of explore just you know more than just the comedic side of themselves.
1: It's funny I, I'm totally with you know, with John Cho. I think that you're absolutely right that that character that story was written. To his acting capabilities, to give you the fun, but also to give you the dramatic. And it, I don't know, I, I don't know if it was just me, but it had like a very um, a Wong Kar wai like in the mood for love kind of uh, genre vibe. And I think it, it worked, you know, the love that could never be uh, mm-hmm. sort of story. And I thought it was really great. I honestly thought Ken Jung's episode was so weak. Like, really? I, 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 I agree with you. There's, there's an emotional range. And I think it has something to do with. The era of of what the genre is the sort of millennial iPhone style TikTok I think, I think, narrator
0: voice yeah
1: I I don't know if it if it really landed and to your point while Ken does deliver some emotional moments I think those are stinted by like just a real sort of clunky navigation of of the of, of his story throughout and I think the same goes for the story for Detective Danner because there's a bottleneck episode where we see what what's Detective Danner been up to which he follows the same sort of trajectory from season 1 cuz we did get a bottleneck episode focusing on her story but where that one informed the character so much more here it just felt such a detour like I enjoyed the the genre it was riffing on and Tiffany Haddish is is fantastic she's hilarious but it was just such a detour that it was just so unnecessary uh, it was like an episode I could have I could have done without. It didn't really add value like it did in the last one, because uh, I think in the last one the, there was there was a reason why we we drifted into Detective Danner's story.
2: I, I feel like there's also like this her episode also served a purpose in this one too. I really enjoyed it both the the genre bend and the story itself. It was. It was nice to see where that character has been and why, like, what led her up to it, much like that first season, getting why she was so gung-ho about getting into these cases and becoming a mm-hmm. part of these stories. And right. I thought it was really neat seeing, again, how that story plays out in in the second season. It, it kind of doesn't go the way she's planning. So sure. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, i got to say, one of the most standout episodes for me was definitely uh, Hannah's. Uh, episode by Wes Anderson. Anna, with, yeah. With Anna Conkle. Yeah. The Wes Anderson vibes from the get go. And again, even outside of that episode, she is one of the characters who, again, belongs in her genre. I loved it so much. It was, she did an outstanding performance <laughs> playing that, you know, offbeat, you know, adopted sister that is very much a Wes Anderson character to begin with.
0: Well, <laughs> right. and it's, it's funny too, because I didn't, I really didn't vibe with her character up until that episode. And I know that makes sense like I think that tracks like you know you're not maybe supposed to like her up until then but I I really as soon as that episode happened and we we got to see her side of the story but the way it was told it just brought me right into full force into loving her character and I I think that's I, I love that the writing in this show is so good that when it puts the focus on any of these characters it gets you to love them you know that much more and and, and really gets you behind their side of the story exactly mm-hmm. it,
1: exactly each of these mind movies are their side of the story and it gives you that that perspective on, on each of the characters. I think a lot of the characters, you don't know how to read them. And, you know, it's just such a clever way of how they layer in all of these different things that you see from other people's perspectives. And then we somehow touch on them when we inevitably get to their story. I, I think that navigating that and, and making sure that all of those elements are in place to help tell the larger story that's that's well done and I also think that as you said like Hannah was someone that you you weren't vibing with but until you saw her episode and saw her perspective you suddenly had a new appreciation for her right and I think that that's the point of this this format in many ways right a
2: hundred percent because I had the same feelings watching season one where by the end mm-hmm. of every episode you're you're on that person's side and you believe their story like Brett from last season right exactly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like he's such a douchey guy and then you watch his action movie and then you're and like, like oh, okay he's just a yeah, lovable like, hero yeah, like yeah. oh I I like this and the same thing is happening with this one where I find the mystery is so well crafted and well written that as we're finding out these new clues and going getting another person's perspective they all of a sudden become the one that you believe a bit more and it's it's really cool how they're managing to like balance this mystery with with all these perspectives you're not given away like from the get go this is who did it this is more like we're all we're all, all in it for the ride at the same time as these detectives are, are getting these mind movies i love it mm. well I,
0: I think it's fantastic that they they managed to do this again and mm-hmm. i think while the premise is is in you know it's the same in the sense that it's centered around a character that's been murdered i just think it's it's fantastic that they're still able to have this level of almost puzzle building in a sense, right? You think of an escape room and you sort of think of Mm -hmm. going through, if you've ever had that experience where maybe you've done an escape room and the last puzzle references a solution from one of the previous puzzles. Like, that's one of the most fun parts about watching this show and especially in this season, there are a lot of those moments where you're gonna get to some of the later episodes and go, Oh, that's where that was supposed yeah. to be or that's where that came from. And I know they do that in season one. I just think it's really impressive that they're able to keep that pace for season exactly.
1: two. While it is the same premise, uh it it it, it has it, it is very well written in a way to build upon each episode, to give you clues. It kept me interested. It kept me really, you know, engaged with what 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 was going on. Um, I also just really like how, you know, the story is, you know, it's it's about genres. You know, season two seems to embrace the sequel genre uh, mm-hmm. right from the first episode mm-hmm. um, with with sort of, you know, our introduction is into what has happened. You know, the, the fact that they're able to kind of riff on basically more or less the same thing. It It, it is literally the same thing. There's just a, a couple things that have changed here and there, but it is literally like the same mold of season one. We're in a, place where murder mysteries are kind of formulaic right we've we've had knives out glass onion more or less the same Mm. Uh, you know just different stakes different characters things are switched up Uh, only murderers season one and two has has also had, you know, pretty much the similar structure from from season to season. I think murders are different, the cases are different, of course, but more or less formulaic, you know, the same. So is this just a product of murder mysteries? Like like we were talking about before, playing Clue. You play Clue once, you played Clue a billion times you know what i mean like it's it's pretty much it right i guess i do only- clue clue is incredible <laughs> no i know but i just mean i don't i just mean like how much can they change from that board game right like you can add new little elements but it'll still essentially be clue right like you know what yeah, i mean
2: yeah but every time you play it's a new mystery and it's the fact that it is formulaic and can still draw you in i think is a uh, definitely a positive because while it most murder mysteries are formulated there is someone that dies there's a cast of characters you need to figure out who did it and you f- go throughout solving that you kind of can't change that and still call it a murder mystery mm-hmm. so the fact that they're managed to make it just as engaging as the first time we got this experience and genre exploration that it's just as fun the second time mm-hmm. around I think that's huge kudos to the team
0: well yeah. and I think that's exactly like I, w- I would agree with you Justin if I wasn't having so much fun with this version of clue and i think i think that's the that's the big thing is it is is that it, yeah we're having i'm having a blast with it and 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 you know the moment that i'm not having a blast with it then yeah absolutely let's let's break the mold even further but i think i think they do something smart where they they do still break out of genres i mean again like the idea of doing a social media TikTok style episode, or the idea of doing not just a genre, but a filmmaker style. Um, like you said, like we, you already yeah. came up with another one that I'm expecting for season three. Like I want to see a Nolan-esque movie. I want to <laughs> see, you know, like a like a you know a, a, what was yours again? A, a, a stoner like comedy. stoner comedy. Like
2: Kevin Smith. Give me a Kevin, Kevin Smith, Smith style. Go. But see, that's and that's and that's, and
1: that's that, to me that's inventive of how you go beyond just genres. Because what's great is that they were able to find characters and genres that they were able to implement this season that obviously feel fresh and different from what they did last season. You know, I'm waiting for a superhero genre uh, at some point. (laughs) But, you know, again... I I don't even know how they would do it, but that would be amazing. But I I also think that, like like you said, the fact that there is a Wes Anderson-inspired episode what other filmmakers could we see Could we see a Spielberg could we see a Scorsese? you know I yeah. think it's oh, I think yeah. it's definitely down the road and and again that, I guess that just proves that there's there's a longevity to it but like I said again I think it's just it is the product of what this show is thing I, I'm kind of like dancing around what didn't work for me and I think it comes back to what we were talking about at the top is that our main characters just feel like they're sort of stuck is doing what they need to do you know Zoe's definitely on a mission this season more so than she was last season. But I don't know, Anik just kind of seems like he's, you know, kind of along for the ride. You know, Detective Danner is just doing her thing like they usually do. It's like, I guess that's just part of the formula. I think that's it, Mm Justin. I think,
0: you know, I think every one of these need, they need their vessel for the audience. And I think that's Anik this season for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I do want to just give two big, huge shout outs uh, I feel like the creative teams that work on these movies must be having such a freaking blast. Or these yeah. movies, these movie, these <laughs> these movie episodes, this show, uh, they must be having such a blast. I want to shout out Ross Rage, who uh, Rage. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing your last name properly, but uh, did the cinematography this season. Every episode is shot so well. We get so many dynamic angles and lighting, and I can only imagine getting to do this is such a fun challenge uh, for each new style of episode. And I also want to shout out Daniel Pemberton, who has worked with Lord and Miller uh, on Across the Spider-Verse, which I have not stopped listening to. Um, but he must be having the time of his life on this show, like getting to, to write not only the outstanding theme song that he did, but a score that is as diverse as the the various genres that we're getting from episode to episode. He is just Killing it this yeah. season. I gotta say,
2: the music in this this season is incredible. I've noticed it more so the way that the, it, the songs that we hear, you know, in the first regular real world style storytelling, as we go through these different genres that are more period pieces. Mm. The, the music is blending to change and shifting to fit that era. And I just, the fact that they, they, they went that far and it's more than just the costumes now and the script, the way that it looks, the sounds are now going back to those genres. It's great.
1: Well, that's, you know, Lord and Miller are clearly aware of the strength that genre has, not just from a visual or narrative standpoint, but also from an auditory by, by implementing you know, an attention to music and score that can make you feel like you're in a genre if you just close your eyes and you're just listening to it. And I think that that's what Pemberton does so well with the score is that he's able to visualize the story from an auditory way. And, and I, I think that that's that's the power of, of, you know, genre on so many levels coming together in the show. And, you know, at the end of the day, this entire show is is a celebration of genres.
0: So. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, I just, I I think it's just every time I hear that theme, and it just, it hits, it just hits so, so well. Um, But let's get to our kind of our final thoughts here. Um, You know, I think we're we're not going to give the the season a rating just because we haven't seen uh, the final episode. I think that's, that's only fair. But I think to kind of give some perspective, I'd love to just quickly say, you know, chat about, um, you know, maybe how does it compare and your final thoughts? Mm-hmm. Uh, so how does it compare to season one and your and your final thoughts uh, Darcy let's start with yourself
2: well yeah I, I didn't know what to expect going into his second season of the show uh, and I gotta say I, I'm really impressed that I am as invested as as I was the first time they are nailing all the things that worked for the first season they are they're doing it again this season and bringing again more attention to detail that feels like they've really thought out these genres and I love the way that they're telling the story so yeah I'm I'm i'd highly recommend checking this one out if you've liked the first season you'll enjoy the second season again and if even if you haven't seen that first season you can even hop onto this one because they are separate stories they don't mm-hmm. kind of tie over or cross over or anything like that so again it's an engaging murder mystery it's a fun little genre exploration i think they're they're nailing it it's such a fun fun idea and i i hope we get more obviously because there's mm-hmm. as we've st- talked about this one there's a lot of opportunities for fun storytelling as as well as these genre bends or homages to to directors and stuff. So
1: yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah, I knew what I was expecting when I was sitting down for season two. It it seemed like it was going to be pretty much the exact same setup. But what was surprising is the genre that each episode takes on and I think that's really the delight uh, not all of them worked for me I think most of them worked for me and I, I enjoyed most of them I did enjoy the more filmmaker inspired ones like we were talking about Wes Anderson there's a, a Hitchcock style one you know as I mentioned there's a, a Wong Kar Wai I feel like you know in the mood for love sort of uh, reference like everything was just was was so lovingly embraced in each, each episode um, but yeah and then there were some that just kind of fell short. Um like I was mentioning the returning cast is is a little underwhelming, but the supporting cast, the new cast members uh that are part of this this uh season 2 are fantastic. I think that in regards to how it compares, I think this compares exactly to season 1. If you were a huge fan of season 1, you are going to love season 2. You are going to very much enjoy each of the stories in the mind movies that we that we see that you'll see um but if, if if by chance you know you are expecting something different i would say don't it is it is not different it is very much the same and i think as we were talking about that's part of the formulaic aesthetic to these the, the murder mystery genre as of right now i think everyone has their their style or their their sort of niche way that they do it and season two is a huge testament to the niche that makes the after party so special. And that is uh, imagining these, these stories and, and genres. So I'm with you. I hope that if we get, when we get more for season three, cause I think that they'll do it. I would love to see, uh, not necessarily as many genres, but maybe more filmmaker styles, like we mm-hmm. were talking about. I think that's that's an interesting exploration, like a a better mix of that. Yeah, I, I'd like to see maybe them dabble in that a little bit more with, like you know, a Scorsese or a Spielberg or something
0: like that. I, I mean, I would even like if <clears throat> there's been a you know there was a kid in the previous season. We don't really have any kids in this season, but if there's a season three with a kid and we get a Lego. Or, or even like a stop-motion action figure mm. style would be really, really dope. Um, I, if, listen, Lord Miller, if you're listening to this, let's talk. Um, <laughs> I think this season is an excellent follow-up to season one. I think it's it's a great way for, for the writers on this series to stretch their collective creativity because uh, as you were saying, Justin, like, there's only so many genres you can do, um, but they still manage to keep things fun and original, um, and and play off you know memes and tropes and and as you said different filmmaking styles i think the cast is is incredibly strong uh yet again and everyone plays their part so well i think it's i think the one thing though to maybe some of what you were getting justin um that i did feel i do think it is really difficult to deliver that same surprise that the first season gave right some yeah. of that magic is is gone, is gone exactly but because of that, you almost sacrifice that to get some more confident and 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 moments for them to kind of try different things. And while they might not all land to the same level of success, I'm so happy that they are trying uh, different things with this season. Um, it's just so damn fun to watch and, and even rewatch, uh, which is something that we're all going to have to do until... Uh, September <laughs> um, it's gonna be a long wait but I know it'll be worth it in the end uh, so yeah if, if you can't tell by now I think you know as 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 we've been saying watch it if you like season one you'll like season two uh, all the same Um, But that is it for this spoiler-free review and discussion for The After Party Season 2. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on this series or any of the other movies or shows we cover, well, let me just send an, an open envelope laced with poison over to Justin so we can let you know how you can reach us.
1: Well, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or they can reach out to us on Twitter at geekcentricYT or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. And, hey, we're threading. So if you want to hit us up on threads, we just uh, started using it. Uh, yeah, you can find us there, too, at wearegeekcentric. Here's your envelope back.
0: Don't. Post- you didn't like it, did you? Did you like not. it? <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Phew. Darcy if you could lick this envelope for me keep in mind we have a (laughs) ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest shows and movies out now including our recent spoiler free reviews for Netflix's Nimona, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, The Flash, Wes Anderson's Speaking of Wes Anderson, Asteroid City and Disney and Pixar's Elemental, as well as the biggest summer blockbuster Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part (coughs) One. Uh, Plus, we have a ton of great interviews out now, like our most recent interview with the cast and director and creator of Nimona. Um, which you can check out on our YouTube at youtube.com slash Geekcentric. Got a ton of interviews over there, so definitely check those out. We've got more to come. We also have our weekly Watch Club for Secret Invasion, where we break down each episode with our latest episode out now, covering uh, episode three, where Kevin came up with a a pretty spicy theory that uh, probably isn't going to happen, but it would be wild if it did. So tune in weekly every Friday for Watch Club. I, I mean, as of... If you listen to this on the day we released it, episode four is only one day away. So uh, super duper stoked to continue that series. Uh, and if you want to talk to us about your theories, maybe for After Party season two, once the show goes live or for, uh, for for Secret Invasion, you can join us in our Discord by clicking the link in our show notes. We can keep the conversation going, talk directly to you, uh, and, uh, and just have a really wonderful hot geek summer together. Choo-choo! This hot geek summer is chugging (laughs) along uh, and we've got coverage of movies like Haunted Mansion, Oppenheimer or Oppenheimer, depending on where you're from, uh, as well as coverage for series like Foundation Season 2 and The Bear Season 2 with even more after that. So stay tuned. Find out out what's next for us here. Um, And really quickly, if you listened all the way until now, uh, this just in, I'm doing the news thing where they put their hand up to their ear, uh, After Party Season two will be debuting with two episodes, uh, so you'll have two episodes to get started uh, with this with this after party. Uh, Darcy, Justin, thank you so much for joining me for today's Who Done It spoiler free review. And as we say, love ya. Later's peace.